Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue en America. Hi, I'm Suzanne Lasser, and this is Bilingual in America. Hi, I'm Suzanne Lasser, and this is Bilingual in America. Dual Language Education New Mexico's La Cosecha Conference is right around the corner. And to help us get ready for what many view as the annual pilgrimage, Yarin and I have taken some time to talk with voices of La Cosecha past and present. Today, you'll hear a bit from Dr. Barbara Kennedy and James Jim Lyons. Dr. Barbara Kennedy of Global Lingual Ed Consulting speaks with me today, and she talks about her involvement for three plus decades during her time in Texas. She's been involved with education initiatives at the elementary level all the way up through higher ed. She has worked at the local and state level. She was even the director of dual language at the Center for Applied Linguistics. Let's dive right in so you can hear about two sessions that she's presenting at this year's La Cosecha, which will begin on November 2nd, which is right around the corner. So today I have the unique pleasure of being joined by Dr. Barbara Kennedy of Global Lingo. Barbara's going to be speaking with us a little bit about what you can expect to hear from her if you attend her sessions at the upcoming La Cosecha conference this November. And of course, she's also going to share what she does when she's not involved with La Cosecha. So Barbara, good afternoon and welcome to Bilingual in America. Good afternoon, Suzanne. Nice to be with you today. Barbara, we're already in the midst of October. We will both be at La Cosecha. And I wanted you to start off by sharing with our listeners a little bit about Global Lingo and the work that you do to support the, the bilingual, multilingual conversation. Absolutely. Well, my name is Barbara Kennedy again, and I go by my initials generally, BK. My company is called Global Lingo Education Consulting. And I work out of Austin, Texas, where I've been living since 1987 and working with multilingual learners since 1987. And I was adding that up earlier today and I was like, oh dear, 35 years in multilingual education. I had to pinch myself and say, is that really me? Most of that time I have spent here in Austin, Texas. Uh, before that I was in Berlin, West Germany, uh, back West Berlin, back before the wall fell, doing German. For, for four years, I was also in Washington, D.C. at the Center for Applied Linguistics as the Director of Dual Language from 2014 till the end of 2017. But other than that, I've always been, uh, I've been here in the Austin, Texas area. I only started my business, Global Lingo, three years ago in 2019. And before that, I was a German uh, educator at the university level here at UT Austin and also at Texas A&M. And then I was a bilingual uh, education teacher at the elementary level, K3 and 5. I worked at the district level as a coach and as a coordinator and a director. Um, and I also worked at the state level here at the State Department of Education, the TEA, for a couple of years. So I have worn many, many hats, but I am a teacher at heart uh, and I love teaching. I love multilingualism. I love 
the whole process of language acquisition of the acquisition of multiple languages. I am known to be trilingual in Spanish, English, and German with English being my first language. And I've dabbled in Turkish and French and some other languages. So I consider myself a language nerd on even days and a language jock on odd days. And I just love language. So I'm thrilled to be here. Global Lingo focuses primarily on customized dual language program planning, program evaluation, and professional development for leaders and teachers who are implementing or getting ready to implement one-way and two-way dual language education. And so I'm really thrilled that I can provide those services here in Texas, but also in other states across the country to really help uh, increase the effectiveness of all the wonderful dual language models that are being implemented and that are, and with the growth of the programs across the country, I'm just thrilled to be a part of that process. So you have literally spanned the globe and uh, the spectrum from, you know, the smallest sector of the classroom up to the state level. I think that the ability you have from both a U.S. perspective and having taught abroad, worked abroad, lived abroad, definitely enriches what you can bring to your company and therefore explains some of the success that you've had, right? And um, I'm sitting here smiling, thinking in my mind, both Leslie and Dave from Dual Language New Mexico for putting us together because uh, from one, you know, second language acquisition nerd to another, it's like, oh my God, I want to jump through the screen and just talk with you more, right? <laughs> so I'm looking forward to uh, being with you in person in New Mexico soon. So thanks for telling our listeners a little bit about your organization, the work that you do in terms of supporting these customized dual language planning opportunities, especially evaluation and PD for administration. I can say that the PD for the administration is one area that I definitely hope to see grow. As a building instructional leader, I know how important it is for administration to truly understand what nuances there are when we think about one-way or two-way programs or even just the language acquisition process. So uh, hopefully our listeners will share your information with their counterparts and, and you'll be able to positively impact uh, other districts after this. If you can just give us a little tidbit about what you'll be sharing at the sessions when you're presenting this year for La Cosecha. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I know I share with you and, and a lot of others the excitement around having this opportunity to make our annual pilgrimage. And I do consider Cosecha to be really an annual pilgrimage uh, this year in Santa Fe. It's always exciting. I have family in Santa Fe and it's just a beautiful, beautiful place with beautiful people. Um, and the folks at Dual Language New Mexico are incredible as well. So I'm just first and foremost excited to go to be a part of Cosecha again. Um, I think I didn't mention I am one of the members of the author team of the Guiding Principles for Dual Language, uh, third edition that came out in 2018. Publication couldn't be uh, there for us without the help of Dual Language New Mexico and, of course, the Center for Blind Linguistics Cal as well. So I do work a lot with leaders um, as well as teachers. I love to work with, with everyone because I feel like it keeps me grounded in, in the realities, right? 
uh, because in the, on the leadership end, we have the program structures and systems. And then on the teaching end, you know, that's where everything is actually happening. The magic is happening in the classrooms. Um, and so uh, this year at Cosecha, I do have two sessions that I'm super excited about. They're both brand new sessions, um, which is great. And uh, one of them is on Thursday morning and the other is on Friday morning. And the one on, I'm gonna start with the one on Friday morning because it does tie to the leadership piece. It's called Caution, Mindset Shift Ahead, Tips, Tools, and Strategies. And um, already from that title, you can imagine we're gonna be talking about the mindset shift that really is required in order for schools and districts to effectively implement dual language education or multilingual education of any type. And that mindset shift is often under, under anticipated, right? One of the things that can happen is we can all get really excited about multilingual education. We should be excited. We know that it holds great promise, uh, both academically, linguistically, culturally, socio-emotionally, socioculturally, right? So there's so much that's beneficial about dual language or multilingual education. Um, and there are sometimes, though, misconceptions about how quickly uh, children will become bilingual and biliterate, or also what is required of curriculum, instruction, assessment, in terms of how there, there's a, sometimes a misconception that, well, basically teaching in two or more languages is basically exactly the same as what we do in English instruction. We just kind of flick a light switch and magically turn into a new language, but then everything is still the same. And this is a huge misconception among leaders, uh, sometimes among community members, among some leaders and some community members, but then it can lead school leaders or districts to not be uh, as well prepared for the shift to adopting and launching a dual language or multilingual program model than they otherwise would be. And then they get caught off guard as the program launch you know, unrolls and we start to discover uh, that things are not the same. Or if we are trying to do dual multilingual education or dual language as if it were monolingual education, we see that it's not working, right? So this whole session um, on caution mindset shift ahead is to help us begin to identify some of those misconceptions that most of us or many of us carry with us into that program planning and early implementation process. And what are those, what are some of those misconceptions and what are some tips, tools, and strategies to really tackle those and to address them and to facilitate that mindset shift. So that's one of the sessions. And so as you talk, I love the analogy of the, like the construction site, or I should say the image, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, under construction, because think about how long it takes for a quality dual language program to be up and running and be this amazing structure, right? And very similar to we want to make sure we always have to start with a strong foundation and build from there. So I love that, the mindset shift. And so that'll be Friday. And on Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday, um, I'm going to be getting really deep into the weeds uh, more with teachers. <laughs> and I'm really excited. So that session on Thursday morning is called Fitting It All In by literacy and your daily schedule. All of the sessions I do literally are coming, they grow out of the work that I do with educators, you know, in the field and the pain points, right? So this, this is a pain point that seems to have emerged 
in, when I'm working with districts who are really embracing biliteracy instruction, we all know that there's been some fantastic new research and new approaches to teaching biliteracy in the past um, 10 to 15 years as we embrace holistic dynamic uh, bilingualism and let go of those old parallel monolingual uh, mindsets as well. Um, but it's pretty tricky to coordinate the language arts instruction of English and the additional language or languages, right? Because we don't get twice the time to deliver the instruction in the two languages. We've still got the fixed amount of time for what would have been a, a mono-literacy block, but now is a bi-literacy block. So how do we fit it all in? How do we know what to be doing in um, the on the English side and what to be doing on the, I'm gonna call it partner language side. And how do we rely on and leverage tr bi-directional transfer between those two languages to really strengthen the experience for the students and to make sure we're not dropping important components of biliteracy, but we're also not repeating or teaching things as if the students are not learning this content in two languages. And it's a pretty tricky um, thing to fit it all into that limited time schedule of our biliteracy blocks. So that being said, um, we're gonna be looking at some sample uh, schedules for biliteracy blocks and talking about different ways that we can structure those biliteracy blocks to really leverage um, one language in service to the other and in both directions for that bi-directional transfer. And I also really, really appreciate and build my work around biliteracy on the work of Dr. Kathy Escamilla primarily with her paired literacy approach. So really looking at what that paired literacy approach can look like in terms of foundational skills, getting dictalo in, getting asisidice in, um, getting in the interactive read aloud, and then really looking at biliteracy defined not simply as speaking, writing, reading, and listening, those four traditional language domains, but along the language, the four language domains that Dr. Escamilla puts forth, which are writing and reading, they're still there, but then listening and speaking combined into oracy. Um, and then thank goodness we're creating space for that metalinguistic awareness. I call it the big M. And so what <laughs> I call that is I say, we're going to move away from swirl, speaking, writing, reading, and listening. And we are embracing worm writing or see reading and metalinguistic awareness, but how in the world can we do that? And what will it look like in our um, biliteracy block? So that being said, um, I hope there are teachers out there to whom this, uh, for whom this resonates. If this is something you're experiencing, I sure would love to see you in that session on Thursday morning uh, so we can get this conversation going around what your biliteracy block could look like. I'm like, oh man, I want to go to both sessions because as you talked about the time management and how to leverage the languages so they support one another. Uh, it's definitely, even in our district where Yagin and I work, an ongoing conversation and challenge, right? And so uh, we can't go 12 months a year and we can't go more than five days a week, but we would love to extend the school day. And, but when we can't do those things, how can we work smarter, not harder? You know, as you were talking about embracing, I'm like, oh, M for metalinguistic, right? And yes, uh, Dr. Escamilla has really helped us to think differently about the work that we are doing because it is not the same, even though it is literacy instruction when you teach in 
one language as such as English, which is the dominant language of our society versus that of the target language. So lots of great gems I'm sure that teachers are going to uh, walk away with and hopefully bring back to their buildings and start planning. I know it sounds crazy when we've only just begun the school year, but really start planning and thinking about what could it look like for 2023 and 24 if they can't make any of those changes for this year. That's, a, that's one of the beautiful things I think that comes out of La Cosecha, right? Um, this is the harvest when we are reaping all that we have learned. But I also think it's time to sembrar las semillas para el año que viene, right? We're gonna be sowing those seeds for the next year's harvest. Barbara, I really appreciate you coming to speak with our listeners today and share a little bit about what they can do and hear when they attend La Cosecha. Could you sum up for us in a sentence or two why you feel La Cosecha really is a gift to the dual language movement that we have in this country? Ooh, I think we would need an hour or <laughs> days and weeks to express <laughs> the gratitude that we all feel or that I certainly feel for Cosecha, for dual language New Mexico. Um, I already mentioned for me, it is like an annual pilgrimage. I think because of the sense of family and community, the groundedness and also the real expansiveness um, where we embrace the, at Cosecha, there's a real sense of not just one or two languages, but really of all languages, indigenous languages, um, languages uh, spoken here in the US, but also pretty much on every continent in the world. We have international visitors at La Cosecha. And finally, um, in terms of family and community, most of us in dual language across the country or multilingual education of any type, we feel a little bit um, like a fish out of water because our work doesn't fit neatly into the monolingual English uh, education system. Uh, and so when we go to Cosecha, we are among all the other fish <laughs> and we're in our own water, right? We're in our special water. Um, and so it just feels great there to be a part of that uh, community where everyone really has the shared vision and everyone is, is continuously refining and looking for new ways to, to do it even better and to open the, I guess, the reach even wider. That I think it's all of that, the expansiveness, the feeling of community, the feeling of openness and the feeling of evolution. I mean, I've been going and I know you have too for many, many years to Cosecha and Cosecha is always on the cutting edge of everything that's happening in multilingual education um, and is very adaptable. So when we attend, we are kind of kept up in the in the corriente, right? The, the yes. current of what's happening today. Um, and so I can't, I guess I could go on forever, but those are many <laughs> of I just love and I'm very grateful to Cosecha. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to, just as you said, being amongst people who understand what dual language and multilingual instruction is all about instead of having to explain what it is, right? Really being able to dig deeper and, and think together about what we can do to grow this and how we can be even better um, at our crafts because really that's what it is. Barbara, before we sign off, I do want to just ask you, how can our listeners locate you? Um, are you on social media? What's your website? And if you can just share those details so they can learn a little bit more about you before they attend some of the sessions in November. 
You bet. Well, I do work out of Austin, Texas. I have a website. It is just like the name of my company. So it's www.globalingoed.com. And my sure. email address is globalingoed at gmail.com. And you'll be able to see on our social media posts for this episode, links where you can find uh, BK, as she prefers to go by. And then, of course, be sure to look her and her workshops up if you are attending La Cosecha this November 2nd through 5th. There is still time to register, and we encourage all of you to participate either in person or virtually because it is one of the year's, I think, brightest moments to be a dual language, multilingual, emerging bilingual educator here in the U.S. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be able to introduce to you a longtime supporter of dual language education, New Mexico, and of course, La Cosecha, Mr. Jim Lyons. Jim is one of the most instrumental policy writers when we think of the Bilingual Education Act of 1984. Jim began his career with a focus on civil rights advocacy, specifically legislation that focused on equal educational opportunities for both racial and ethnic minority students. I wanna welcome Jim to Bilingual in America. And Jim, I know that you're a direct kind of guy. So I'm gonna get right to it. Tell us, why do you think that dual language education New Mexico and La Cosecha are so special? The reason that DLENM is special is from the start, it was founded by teachers, not by some policy bigwig. And it's been teacher and child focused from its inception. That means that it is also community schools oriented long before anybody talked about community schools. DLENM knew what they were. There were schools where parents were engaged, where parents were brought into the educational process for the benefit of their children and the community at large. You know, and it was, it was extraordinary and still is because every school, every teacher, every school, every community, every state has had problems with transforming their educational system from being English only to being multilingual. It's tough, it's tough. And it runs against the grain of people who really haven't thought through their positions. La Cosecha, this annual multi-thousand teacher, administrator, parent, and students to event. It's because no policy, however well-written or popular by amongst the policymakers, will be effective if it isn't embraced and championed and reformed by the teachers who are asked to carry it out. Mm. And that's where dual language education of New Mexico does a better job of integrating all of the components 
that come together in very effective schools for a very diverse population of students. And they've never lost vision of that. It's crystal clear to them. And they communicate through Makusech and all their other programs, including training. But it's, it was the missing link. And we, we saw how powerful it was in repealing the UNS initiatives in the states. Thankfully, with the sort of annual booster shot that the people who come to Lacosetia from all, all around the country, uh, that's what they get out of it. They get a booster shot. They understand a little bit better the possibilities for the future, and they have a more exquisite understanding of how our schools and educational system is failing non-English language background children. And it's powerful. And then when they come in the following year or participate all year long in other DLENN activities, uh, they get that extra oomph to go forward and to step outside of their classroom and do and say what needs to be said out loud. There's nothing better to capture, I think, the beauty of La Cosecha, stepping out of the classroom, coming together, saying what needs to be said, thinking together, and then returning to the classroom with that invigorated spirit that lets us do the important day in and day out work of supporting children, colleagues, parents, and communities. Jim, I can't thank you enough for joining me today to highlight what you find most valuable about dual language education in New Mexico's La Cosecha Conference. On our last episode, you heard from dual language education New Mexico's executive director, Mike Rodriguez, and their coordinator of tribal initiatives, Patrick Morito. Today, we were joined by Dr. Robert Kennedy of Global Lingo and Jim Lyons, one of the principal authors of the 1984 Bilingual Education Act. Next week, we have two very special guests. I'm talking serious dual language royalty. And you know what they all have in common? Each of them are talking to you, our listeners, about why you need to join this year La Cosecha's conference. Remember, you can go in person or you can attend virtually. So we hope that you will join us and speak your beauty alongside another 2,000 plus multilingual enthusiasts. Happy listening. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us, 